Amen. All right, well, welcome to our Wednesday midday service. Um, we're going to continue along the lines of wisdom from there, something that we've been talking about for the last few services. We're going to chime in again on that today. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, we've been talking about wisdom and how it's waning in a place for us. It's saturated all through this earth realm and all through uh, the realms of time waiting to be, uh, waiting for the proper situations and circumstances to be demanded of. Um, and so accessing this wisdom sometimes seems, um, seems difficult because circumstances are always screaming, you know. Uh, but, you know, I was reading through, when I think about wisdom, there's, obviously I think about Solomon, but I also think about Daniel. You know, I think about, you know, uh, just processing through Daniel and his life. Let's look at Daniel chapter 1. Because there's different ways we access wisdom through uh, prayer and fasting. That's a way for us to access wisdom through uh, intercession and inquiry. Um, I, I think it all boils down to uh, sanctification. You know, setting ourselves apart to lock in and hear the wisdom of God. But in Daniel chapter 1, uh, I was going to start with verse 1, but I'll start here with verse 4, um, and then we'll, we're going to jump over to 17 through 20. Uh, it says, uh, now I'll start at verse 3. It says, and the king spake to Asphanaz, uh, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain children of Israel of the king's seed and of the princes. So the backdrop is because of the kings weren't doing right, the children of Israel were taken into captivity. And so kings or people that were enemies at that time were wise enough to understand, well, wait a minute, we ain't just trying to kill everybody. We're going, to, we're going to take us some people in captivity or some people will take, will enslave. And then they were even smarter. They said, well, we'll find out who, who's a part of that crew that's smart. We're going to use them to our advantage also. <laughs> like we're not just, we're not, you know, we're, we're actually going to benefit from our enemies. And so uh, he said, uh, bring certain children of Israel of the king's seed, of the other king's seed, and of the princes. Children in whom, look at this, children in whom was no blemish. So even their appearance was important. It says, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So here, these people are held captive. So think about if you're held captive by the enemy. <laughs> I, even the enemy wants to use those that take care of themselves that are alert and sharp. So, so us being alert and sharp and attentive could save our lives if we were if we were snatched up by the enemy, right? But the people that didn't take care of themselves, they had no, no need for, <laughs> right? And so, so, so we'll keep reading here. Um, so what they tried to do, you know the backdrop, they said, okay, when you grab these people, feed them 
good meals. So, so they're held captive, and they were going to feed them good food. But Daniel said, listen, man, I know you want us to eat this stuff so we could be healthy and, you know, you guys could use us. Uh, you want us to be focused and alert. He says, man, but we can't eat that food. We can't eat uh, what the king thinks is great food. He said, man, just give us vegetables. We good. And the guy said, no, no, no. If I give you vegetables and you come before the king weak, you're going to die like some of the other people. He said, tell you what, give us vegetables. If, if we don't show within a certain period of time that we're sharper, wiser, stronger, and well able to get some things done, fine. You could feed us whatever you want to feed us. And, and they found, found when they gave them, that's why you, you always hear people talk about the Daniel's diet. You know, they gave them vegetables and stuff, and they found that they were more stronger, looked more, their countenance was more alert. They were more ready to get some things done. All right, so then uh, after this process, of course, of prayer and fasting, and uh, you have verse 17. And it says, as for these four children, so, so they recognize Daniel and his three partners as, oh, they special. We're going to give them a pe- special position in our kingdom. They're the, they're the enemy now. <laughs> right. It says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge. God gave them what? He gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So even out of those four, God set up a visionary. So, so it didn't mean that Daniel was the only person that had wisdom. God gave him a visionary because he wanted somebody to guide and lead them. You know, he, he didn't give them all, make them all visionaries because that would create confusion. Everybody would be going in so many different directions. But he established someone to lead them that he knew would serve them as a visionary. Verse 18, it says, Now at the end of days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king communed with them, and among them... Among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Hananiah and Mishael, uh, and uh, Azariah, which was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they changed their names. Therefore stood there before the king. Verse 20. In all matters, look at this. In all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the musicians, musicians, uh, Magicians, I'm sorry, than all the magicians and the astrologers, right, that were in all his realm, right? And so, as you can see, if we're operating in God's kingdom, we're not dependent on astrologers and and magicians, right? We're supposed to be 10 times above the things that they pick up in the dark realm. That's that that dark magic, Um, uh, we're not supposed to be participating in, in things of that nature, right? But this is saying wisdom is even way beyond that. So God is saying when we're in a circumstance, he doesn't want us looking for musicians and having somebody read cards for us or us going in the paper looking for what my sign is. He wants us tapping into wisdom of God, trusting the Holy Ghost and leaning on the Holy Spirit, right? And so, so God gave them wisdom and knowledge, uh, gave them skill in all learning and wisdom. And then if you go over here to Daniel chapter 2, uh, we'll look at it here. So the backdrop of this is 
Uh, the, see, back in the day, it's like this in this time too, but you know, I, I think our minds process things different. We look at uncertainties and nightmares and dreams. We just go, I don't know what to do with that, right? But back in the day when people didn't understand something, they couldn't sleep or sit still until they found the understanding. They wouldn't just ignore it or, or get high, get drunk, or excuse it, uh, you know, to pretend it'll go away. They actually understood that if there's something pulling on me, I have to find a peace or an answer, and that place is found in wisdom. There's wisdom there. And so, so even the kings that operated at a time that wasn't living right, if they had a dream or something like that, they was like, okay, somebody in this kingdom got to give me some wisdom. Now, these, these, king, these kings ruled, but they was wise enough to understand that they needed wisdom around them. Every leader needs wisdom around them. Like, they wasn't just, you know, this King Nebuchadnezzar, he had all these people lined up when something happened. All right, guys, give me your insight. The king just made the final decision. He was the visionary, but he wasn't all-knowing everything. He couldn't make a decision, like in our household. I can't make decisions without my wife. You know, if I'm president, she's vice president, so she's an empty vice president. Like, there's nothing in her head. She's just got a title. VP. <laughs> we talked about that coming in, right? You know, some jobs that just give people VP positions, you know, so they don't have to pay them. Uh, so, so, it's true. <laughs> right? So, we, uh, we, uh, we, were, we were talking about that, but... But no, no, like, we sit down and put it all on the table, all the considerations. And actually, you know, Pastor Mel is super wise. So she talks, I listen. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I listen, and it's, it's now a part of the overall decision. I'm, I'm a visionary. How does it line up with the vision that God is giving for what God wants to do? You know, people, you know, uh, we're... Uh, <laughs> So interesting, we talk about wisdom. Even at church, you know, people come up with questions all the time at church, but their questions wasn't derived from a conversation with God. A lot of times their question was derived from their own understanding. It doesn't make sense. Let me help you out. Sometimes it don't make sense to me. It's just God's wisdom. It doesn't line up with my logic. Sometimes it doesn't line up with Pastor Mel's logic. Like, when we tell you how all these things play out, like, honestly... Like, uh, so we have, God's given wisdom to take care of his church and to build his church up. But how it's played out, sometimes it's like the cart before the horse. Well, why would we do that first when logic would say we would do this first? But God's saying, no, no, if I didn't set you up to do that, you would never get it done. And look, I still made sure you had the resources for which I originally told you to do. But, 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 but. If you didn't do this, see, sometimes we, God has us doing stuff, and because we did that, now it, it draws attention to this. So now we got to do this over here. Then that draws attention to this, we got to do this over here. But we would have never done those things because we'd have been like, ah, what's the big deal? <laughs> but God's saying, no, it's my house. That's what the big deal is. That's, what, that's how wisdom has nothing to do with um, man's wisdom or, or logic. It has, it has to do with how it lines up with what God is trying to get done. It's just a whole nother world um, to operate in. And, you know, we see this all the time. So Daniel's in a situation where the king has a dream and he's like, okay, 
Y'all, all y'all here, you guys have gotten privilege. You, you, you're exempt from punishments. You're exempt from slavery. Every, whether it's astrologers, magicians, and Daniel and his boys. He's like, so if, if there's something I don't know, give me some wisdom. Don't just give me problems. Like, you don't, you don't elevate people to be around you that state the obvious. So imagine they came to him. Matter of fact, some of the, if you, if you, if you read through the story, even with, uh, uh, I think it was Zamein. Was it Zamein that did the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. So, so even in the story, like, when they were coming to talk to him, when they were coming to talk to their astrologers and stuff, some of them stated the obvious. He said, no, 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 no. No, I'm not giving you a pass because you told me what I already know. Give me some solutions and options. Daniel found out, told him the dream and solutions and options and wisdom. Joseph, Joseph didn't just say, hey, man, it's a famine in the land. (laughs) You know, or Joseph didn't say, there's going to be a famine. All right, see you later. He didn't just give him something to worry about. See, see, a, a leader doesn't have people around them to just give them stuff to worry about. You have people around you that are relieving pressure, that comes up with solutions and options. They're researching, they're, they're going through, they're dissecting, and they go, hey, I've researched, I broke stuff down. When it was time for us to, to, to leave uh, Columbus, I had a 100-page uh, proposal. I had the, the, the benefits of... Uh, of uh, sending, the sending church to plant somebody, uh, the, how it benefits the church, what's the process. I had a two-year plan, two-year timeline, all the things I do, all the, all the different things I do, who could step up, who was already in place to, to take care of it. Everybody I counseled, uh, the ongoing counseling, the temporary counseling, the people that's getting transitioning out of counseling, and, and the status for each person. What churches I was going to visit that's already planting to glean from them, that was in a proposal. What, how our church, at least that's how I thought it was going to play out, it played out a little different, how our church would visit uh, different uh, meetings. So if they had a conference, we would gather together, go to the conference. If they had a particular special training, we would go to the training. Uh, uh, how we would tithe to that church. All this is in the proposal. So I didn't just, it was, of course, we have been talking about it's getting close to that time, but when it was time, it wasn't like, all right, bro, time to go. What you gonna do? No, here's considerations. And then I had it read up to the pastor's discretion. So it wasn't even like, this is what we doing. This was like, hey, these, this is my research. These are all the considerations. This is what's going to cover what I do. This is what the Lord is showing us we can do. These are the possibilities. This is how we'll transition from what we're already doing. And hey, no matter what all this is, in red, it was written in red, this is up to your discretion. So you can go, ah, that's not feasible right now. Oh, I don't know if we want to do that. Well, I don't even see how we can do that. So now I'm not coming with, with just... And a, a challenge, putting somebody under pressure like, so what you going to do, bro? No. And so that's what wisdom has us doing that. And so as you grow, as we all grow as leaders, we're, we relieve pressure. 
We, don't, we just don't sit back and go, okay, this is the issue. What you going to do? Hey, this is the issue. What you going to do? So you have all these different ministries in the, in the church. Like, so, 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 so what you going to do? No solutions and options, just what you going to do? Anybody can sit in a position with a clipboard and ask questions. But what we want to grow to is, hey, let me find out all that I can and offer considerations. Understand it. Listen, I put together a a package. It was, uh, we haven't even done it yet. We will. I know we will because God had me do it. But I put, it was uh, the works of the flesh. I studied it out for six months. It was something that the pastor said, you know, he was considering. He says, I think I just want a class on the works of the flesh. Cool. No problem. All you have to do is tell me an idea and I will, I will. Help it to manifest. Six months, thorough. I mean, I still got the information. We never did it. But see, my job was to have it ready. I wasn't even offended. I was like, well, you know, I learned, I know more about the works of the flesh. <laughs> you know, I know more about discipleship. I know more. So just ask me what you would need to get done, and I'm going to go, and even if I don't know, I'll research, and God will send you wisdom when you're looking for it. Seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be opened, right? If, you, if you're looking for it. But if you just go, hey, I don't know what to do. You know, that's what, you know, some of y'all have kids. You know how the kids do when they first start growing up? They go, I don't know how to do that. You know why they do that? So the parents will do it. My son used to do it all the time with my wife. It's like, Mom, I don't know what to do. And they're out of reflex. She's like, give me that. Uh, and I used to be watching. I'd be like, oh, he got her again. <laughs> he got her again, you know. And I said, hey, so we started working together. I was like, babe, hey, we got to put him in positions where he discovers for himself. He taps into wisdom. All right, for whatever reason, we needed to hear that. So make a long story short, Daniel 2, 17 through 23 and 27 through 29. Uh, Dan, this is, Daniel got wisdom through intercession and inquiry. Daniel chapter 2. 17 through 23 and 27 through 29. So when he gets to 20, uh, so 17 through 23, he went to his boys and said, hey, we're in a situation here. King needs some wisdom. He didn't go, what, King, you, what you need? He said, listen, man, so I need you guys to intercede with me that we can discover the wisdom the leader needs so he'll have peace moving forward. And so Daniel goes in to pray, but he had his boys interceding for him. God gave him the wisdom and the insight. So I just gave you the verses, and we kind of ran through. But that was through intercession and prayer. Like, like phenomenal wisdom. What was it? Uh, where were we at? 27. It says, Daniel, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers show unto the king. Look, look, he didn't say me. He said this, verse 28. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to, to, the king, to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and thy visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And then he, for lack of better words, he broke down what was about to come to pass in the king's life. King didn't even get offended. Everything wasn't positive. But he was like, he... It was more important to him that he understood what was going on than the consequences or what was going to happen, right? And Daniel didn't say, I have wisdom. I'm this. I know this because of my background because, you know, for 15 years I've done such and such. Daniel didn't do that. He says, God will reveal it. 
God will reveal it. So Daniel wasn't working to be confident in himself. So there's wisdom through uh, intercession and, and inquiry. Remember, David inquired of the Lord. They was in some insurmountable situations. You know, when he come, you know, you out there, warrior, you undefeated, you taking folk out, and you come back, you see smoke, you know, you come back and you see your family is gone. And, and it's what you do, and what you do is you're good at fighting? Reflexes, oh, let's go, fellas. That's not what David did. He inquired of the Lord. People, and his boys is probably like, what do we need to talk to God about? No, it's, it's obvious. We need to go get our family. David said, no, I don't care how obvious it looked. All these victories is because God sent me and God was out ahead of me. So just because it's personal, I can't change what I do. I still got to inquire of the Lord. Just, even if it looks obvious, I have to inquire of the Lord and get wisdom from God. God says, oh, no, 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 go pursue and you shall recover all, right? The scripture says, he that has that that." that is in need of wisdom, let him ask in James chapter 1, verse 5, right? Ask for wisdom. And so similar to prayer, sometimes we think we're praying and we're not. Sometimes we think we've asked for wisdom and we haven't. We, 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 in, our mind, in our inner man, it's like, well, I feel like God would just give me the answer. I can see God saying, you didn't ask for an answer. You just kept talking about the problem. But can I, if you, I mean, all you do is ask. <laughs> you know, we were talking about somebody, uh, we talked about a situation earlier where the person was, was really was afraid to ask. So they, they kind of think of what the approach is. Hey, so, so, so Ray needs me to do something. And he goes, uh, Oh, I'm putting together a team. Ray goes, yeah, so I know I'm on a team. Well, let's say he is on a team. Now I'm going to rethink it because you, you're almost now taking me for granted. What's wrong with the humility of saying, hey, is it, would I be able to play for the team too? If that's all we got to do, why can't we just do that? To have the humility to just ask God. That's all we got to do, to ask for help, right? So, so uh in Daniel chapter 4, verse 9, we don't have to go there, but, the, uh, but Daniel operated in so much wisdom, the king said, no secret troubleth thee, Daniel. No secret troubleth thee. No mystery, no thing that seems like you don't understand troubles thee. So when something seems insurmountable, uncertain, and it, and it seems like a problem, God is hoping it doesn't trouble us. Because we'll, we'll lean on him, we'll depend on him. So, so that's why it's important for us to stay sanctified and uh, we'll look at things differently. And, and so, so, and I know a lot of, uh, there's a lot of wisdom in this here book right here. Uh, this book is, is, is written um, by these uh, mighty men of God that heard from the Holy Ghost is what the scripture says. And, and they had to have the wisdom to articulate it right, to write it right. They had to have to articulate the, uh, the wisdom to, to stay so connected to God that when they wrote it, it would transcend time. That's why they call it canonized. These, the books that were allowed to be put in here was God breathed. It doesn't mean that no one else had wisdom. You know, matter of fact, if you, if you read through uh, when, it was, when the king was calling uh, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and all of them before he called them. He said, he said find some people in, on, on their side that's skilled with wisdom. So what he was basically saying, we, we have people skilled with wisdom. Let's see what, what these people are bringing to the table also. So, so there's plenty of us that have insight and wisdom, this, that, and the other, but there's another level, you know, and that it takes for God to use you and trust you not to filter his script. So that's canonization means God, all the, the scripture is God breathed, all the books of God breathed. So there's other books, obviously, we, we talked about this and understanding the word and word thirst, how there's uh, the apocrypha and things of that nature, and people that had knowledge and insight, but you couldn't prove it was God breathed. And so, so we have this God breathed wisdom in here. And what happens is what I love about uh, the word is the Bible says, interest of the word bringeth light, it gives understanding to the simple. So to the simplest of us, it gives wisdom. So, uh, uh, scripture says also, through the word you get understanding, have more understanding than your ancients and your enemies. Uh, even, you know, the ancients, enemies, even your teachers, not more understanding your teachers in terms of you don't listen to your teachers, but as soon as they talk, you pick up what they're saying. You process those that are teaching you uh, very well because you stay in the word. So even as an athlete, an athlete can learn the playbook better. The athlete sees plays before they're coming because they're in this word. So this word is powerful. Now, why don't everybody read the word so they can tap into wisdom? Because people uh, have been trained by the world that this is a, a book of control. You know, so when you, people hear uh, scriptures or ordinances, or testimonies, or commandments, that's the real word that's, that scares people, they, they convert it into control. So the, the flesh has a, a, a system of operation, like just like the spirit has a system of operation. The flesh's system of operation is, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. It's just, it's, it's just innate in the flesh. Little kids think it, adults think it, and so... So even when you hear something that maybe is, is wise for you to do, if you didn't think of it, sometimes people are not going to do it. And so when it comes to reading the word, it's like if somebody tripped over the word and realized they need to read it, they'll read it. But if somebody tells you this is what's going to benefit you, then people don't do it. Somebody tell you, take notes. Well, you know, ain't nobody telling me what to do. I'm not taking notes just because everybody's taking notes. You gotta, we have to stop looking at life like that. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, we don't take that principle when it comes to smoking, drinking, hanging out, and wearing certain outfits, clothes, and, and, and uh, huge eyebrows and stuff like that. But when it comes to the word, <laughs> oh, eyelashes, I'm sorry. Eyebrows up here, my bad. Yeah, I knew what I was talking about, though. <laughs> But, but, but so when it comes to the word, it's like something that's really benefiting. Uh, we hold it different. So I, so, I, so I was processing through something, through study, and I just want to share it with you. Because this is considered a control mechanism to the world. But what control me mechanism would, would dedicate a book to liberty? So, so if God is just trying to control us, the book is dedicated to liberty. The, everything, all the, all the scriptures is to free us from bondage, not to, for us to be bound. 
So if, this is, if, if God's whole system was control, why would he dedicate a book to liberty, to empowerment? The whole book is about empowering you, to faith. faith <laughs> like to, uh, to, the book is all about avoid, teaching you how to avoid what weakens you. People that are trying to control you want you to be weak. They wouldn't give you the information for you to be strong. <laughs> be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He gives power to faith. Them that have no might, he gives strength. Right? So, so, so this book of wisdom um, is guiding you to what, what, get away from what weakens you and what clouds you. People that try to control you want you clouded. That's how they control you. You're clouded. <laughs> you know, they, they want you intoxicated because then they can control you, you know, when, when you're in a stupor. You know, why would they work to, why would God work to enlighten your understanding, offer you wisdom, and offer you this wisdom as an ability to clear up your vision so you can see, you know, in part, but then you'll know face to face. So this is not a book of control. This is a book of freedom. This is a book of wisdom. Wisdom clears the cobwebs, but, but we clamor. And I'm saying this respectfully. We're probably more in Facebook than in the book. Like on a consistent basis. We, we check in, you know, statuses and stuff like that. We probably talk about more things that has nothing to do with the Bible on, on social media than we do the Bible. That's not me putting nobody down. It's just saying, obviously, we have the time. And we have the desire to grasp stuff. We just have to get wisdom. We have to challenge ourselves to say, am I embracing what clears my vision or what clouds my vision? Wisdom clears the vision, right? And I, I get it, man. I just want to take the edge off. But honestly, you're, you feel like you're taking the edge off. But you're feeding yourself what it's, what's going to add edge to you. Impatience and snapping, right? Confusion, arguments. If it's, so look at the results of taking the edge off. Not, not in that moment because you went to sleep, you just fell out. I'm talking about <laughs> later that week at work, snapping, irritable, right? So, so don't, we can't be set up, right? We have to, you know, the scripture says, Without vision, my people perish. And wisdom is supposed to give us vision. You know, uh, it says, uh, uh, without, let's go, uh, let's look at Proverbs 29, 18. And so, so again, this, this lesson is not an indictment, indictment like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? Uh, because, again, it's not talking about anybody in particular. No names are mentioned. But, but if you feel a certain pull, that, that pull is just saying, hey, I need more change. I need more growth. I need more discipline. It's not, it's, not, it's not a condemnation. It's not putting you down. I need you to do the uncomfortable thing. Study more. Read more. Write down more. Um, it's, it, it, you can do it, basically. So, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So he that keepeth the commandments, keepeth wisdom, right, he's always going to stay on the path of clear vision, right? The, you know, the person that actually tries to get around it, excuse it, ignore it, pretend it'll go away, 
sets themselves up to be outside of uh, the clarity of God, right? Because they're losing wisdom. I, Hosea 4.6, Hosea 4.6, you know, it's about, about six chapters after, you know, Proverbs, but it says this, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou has rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. Thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will also forget thy children. See, see, so we don't understand when we're embracing God's direction and instruction, it's never been about our lives. It's about the lives going forward. You know, it's about our children's lives, our family's lives, everyone that we're about to connect with, people we haven't even connected with yet. And so God is saying, if you're just going to totally ignore my direction, my daily bread every day, why should I be listening to you? So how are you coming to me? It's just like you tell, you tell your son, take out the garbage, right? And five minutes later, he comes in and he says, uh, hey, so mom, you know, uh, could, could, could I get some money to go to Burger King? And you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm still waiting for you to say, I took out the garbage already, uh, I know I haven't taken out the garbage yet, but I'll be taking it out in a few minutes. You skipped my request and made a request that you expect me to fulfill, but you didn't fulfill mine. Well, God's thinking the same thing. God is saying, what's the last thing I told you to do? You're coming and saying, well, Lord, could you fix this? God said, okay, why are we even talking about fixing anything? Suppose what I gave you to do was the way to fix it. So you're coming to me, go, well, Lord, what about this? What about this? He says, well, if you did what I asked you to do, who's to say you wouldn't even be coming to me asking me for this request? Why don't you go back and do what I asked you to do first? Trust me, there's something in it for you in that wisdom. So, so, so this is uh, the key. Um, and, and I know it's hard because some of us are knowledgeable. But being knowledgeable in man's wisdom can make it hard to shut up the noise of that logic to hear from God. So being knowledgeable, some of us are quick-witted. We just was born quick-witted. Uh, uh, you know, we're not necessarily rocket scientists, but we have the potential to be. That's, that could be somewhat dangerous that you can, you, you're logically process things so quick-witted because sometimes there's so much noise. You know how you just can't shut your mind off? Sometimes you think you got so much noise in your mind that logic is intercepting God's wisdom. See, because, you, for, because for the, the logical or the, the, over, the, uh, the person that's ODing on knowledge, on knowing everything, well, they have to go through all their reps of, of their, all their check boxes before they even apply God's wisdom. But a person that's sensitive to God's wisdom hears God's wisdom, and it overrides their knowledge. Oh, no, God said this. So it doesn't have, I don't need to understand. When I get to where God told me to go in my obedience, I'll understand when I get there. I know God enough to do that. But the, the, some, some of the knowledgeable people are so confident in their knowledge, like, well, I'm not moving until it all makes sense to me. 
But that's why the Bible says God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Because faith doesn't always make sense. And sometimes it makes absolutely no sense. I know to me it's made absolutely no sense, but I've got to a place in my life where if God says it, I'm doing it, and I'll, I'll discover the, the, the why later. Pastor Mel always says, uh, I don't need to know why, I just know that he will. I don't, okay, I don't need to know how, I just know that he will. So I just keep taking the next, spec, next, next best step from here and watch it all come together for good, right? So this is, this is the thing, uh, and, and this was, I had this dream, and this is what was communicating this dream. And actually, I was talking to, in this dream, I was talking to my former pastor in this dream. This was just, uh, probably just last week. Uh, and, w- and what came out of my mouth was one of the toughest things in life to process through is having understanding on the inside, and you can't get it out, or you're being suppressed or, or avoided from communicating it. And for whatever reason, I had that conversation with him. It's like you have this understanding or this wisdom in there, but you're not be, uh, being given a, a, a platform to communicate it or to get it out or to express it. That's a very difficult thing. And so God is saying, so I, I, I put you in an environment for you to be able to offer and utilize wisdom. That's the thing. You offer. Like we talk about this all the time. I do it all the time with everybody I talk to. I just offer wisdom. I start the conversations off, especially in a crisis. Hey, I can't tell you what to do. I was talking to somebody the other day uh, that really wanted to bail out of a covenant. And I said, well, it's not my job to tell you what to do, but I do want to offer you some wisdom. So we ended up talking for four hours that day, right? And, but I offered wisdom. Conversation's over. What did you get out of it? And now you have something to think through the process. It is not my job to make nobody change. Like if you come to me tomorrow and say, well, you know, such and such is doing such and such. You, you're saying that to me, why? Because I'm supposed to change them? I can offer them wisdom. You could offer them wisdom for that matter. But, but we can't change nobody. <laughs> All right. You're the pastor. You, you're you're going to let that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Relatively speaking, I know, obviously I'm going to address it. I'm going to talk to the person and offer them wisdom, but I can't control nobody. I ain't. It's, it's crazy. It's like, I don't want to be controlled, but I want you to control somebody else. That ain't wisdom, <laughs> right? Wisdom is, is, is guiding somebody into discovering it. And if people don't discover it, they cancel themselves out. But it takes patience to allow the process, Right? So, so wisdom embraces the Holy Spirit as our teacher, right? Well, let's, let's put it this way, as our tutor. See, because in all honesty, he helps us to comprehend all of our teachers. As the scripture says, we, we don't need him, any man teaches, right? What, what is it? First uh, John 2. Let's go there real quick. First John. I believe this is it. First John 2, verse 20, it says, but, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Right? It says, I have not written unto you because uh, ye know not the truth, but because you know it, 
<laughs> and then no, no lie is of the truth, right? Right? It's, uh, another part that says, we don't have, you don't need that anyone teach you, but you have the Holy One on the inside of you. Not that you don't listen to nobody. He's guiding you to process. You know, you ever sat around, uh, we've all had professors and some of them, or teachers, and some of them you're like, what are they talking about? But the Holy Spirit can help you understand that person too. But some of us, we go, oh, that person don't know how to talk. They don't know how to teach, so you dismiss them. But that person has a level of intellect and wisdom. They may be too deep. They may be too animated. They may be too emotional. But the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom to even dissect or, or grasp what they're communicating too. I don't take anybody for granted. Kid, a young kid come up here. I'm going to extract something from everybody that God uses to open their mouth. So there's, there's, a, there's a wisdom, there's a pocket where God, the Holy Spirit is saying, oh, grab that. Oh, grab that. Oh, that connects to this. As opposed to, oh, they, they ain't nobody. Really? Suppose somebody dealt with you that way. See, I look at it that way. Everybody I have an opportunity to give an audience, how do I want people to be when I want them listening to me? Right? So it's just something to think about, right? So the Holy Spirit helps us to, to understand everyone. So he's, he, he's the main person that helps us with this wisdom. Uh, we'll talk about Jesus' role in wisdom, hopefully, uh, the next time we talk about this. It's amazing how uh, man's wisdom is dangerous because man's wisdom converts help into judgment. So somebody, somebody will come help you, and man's wisdom will convert that help into, are you judging me? I was telling my wife the other day, I was watching something, and the guy said, you judging me? Like, soon as the, because the, the person was doing something that was detrimental for their health, and so the family was, was kind of brought it to their attention. That's all they did. They didn't get into no details, no intent or not. First encounter, them out, you judging me? You judging me? Then the person was going through, was spiraling, and, and the best friend was like, hey, man, you know, you about to mess, mess up your family. You judging me? Like, almost like, like some type of uh, mace spray or something. <laughs> you know like somebody trying to help. Just, shh, shh, shh. You, you judging me? You judging me? And, and, and that's, not, that's not even accurate. People making you aware of where, where you are and what you're doing can't be con- converted into uh, judgment all the time. You know, if you're late, you're late. If I tell you you're late because you, you're trifling and you don't care about nobody but yourself, I just judge you. But if, I, if you if, if you late and I tell you you're late, make you aware you're late, hopefully you'll be aware of it and you're not late no more, fine. If you're defensive and I tell you you're being defensive, now if I say you're being defensive because you don't want to hear no truth because you think you're right all the time, I just judge you. But if I tell you you're defensive and you are being defensive, I didn't judge you. I'm making you aware of something, giving you the opportunity to change and ask questions and get some wisdom in how to change. But, but, but man's wisdom converts help into judgment, converts truth into condemnation. We done took truth and flipped it. Truth frees us and we done flipped it into, you're condemning me, right? No, just sharing the truth. 
See, man's wisdom takes what's best. We always talk about trying to do what's best. All things are lawful, but not best. Takes what's best. What's best is now measured through right or wrong. See, this, this is the hustle now. Uh, man's wisdom hustle. Is that right? What's wrong with that? See, so as long as somebody snatches you from wisdom into what's right and what's wrong with that, listen, there's times that you're supposed to, that you have to run a red light. You know that, right? There's going to be times in life where a person got to run a red light. If you got to get that baby to the hospital and you about to give birth right now, I, I guarantee you the police officer, if he catches you, be like, no, keep on going. Or we'll escort you. But you don't practice running red lights as a, as a norm. There's times where you, you, you'll have to speed. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, like, if we measure everything based on right and wrong, very few people are going to be able to answer you. So you, they, they, they can't hold you accountable. So then you can't grow. But if, our, if we operate through, through God's wisdom and we're measuring everything based on what's best, now how we roll. That's it. Uh, uh, so I ain't heard nobody to have a drink. Hey, if you're watching out there, uh, uh, Pastor Mel's friends out there in TV land, if you're watching out there, you are correct. You may or may not, because we don't know yet, not be hurting nobody. Is it best? Are you going to see clear? Is it going to help you not to have misunderstandings? Or is it going to help you have accurate thinking? Yeah, if we just get into to, to who's holier than thou or not, I get you. But if we really are talking about seeing vision accurately and not living depressed and frustrated and irritated and, and creating a, uh, uh, as, as those, uh, they talked about Daniel and them, a beautiful countenance and presentation and excellent and wisdom where we're selected on the team. Could be on the marriage team. Well, then maybe we need to adjust some of those things. So now... Are we, make, are we measuring all our choices based on what's best? Or are we measuring based on what's easiest, what's comfortable, based on the circumstances, based on finding the out on right or wrong? Because we'll find the out in a minute. Okay, hold on, let me ask you this. Is that really, really, really wrong? You know, because I saw the rapper do it the other day. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, that's not how we want to operate. But that's what man's wisdom does. And we have to ask ourselves, are we reading for understanding and wisdom or to justify rebellion? So if I look through the, 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 the lens and go, I need to find something to justify rebellion. So let's say if uh, the scripture says we're uh, a royal priesthood and kings and priests don't, don't drink uh, strong drink or wine, Right? Uh, uh, Proverbs 20, right? So if I'm reading, I'm trying to understand. I'm saying, okay, this is to help me to be clear, right? But let's say if I'm trying to, to justify my rebellion, I might go, I need, to just find, I need to find wine somewhere in the Bible where somebody drank it. So I'll, I'll convert Jesus turning the water into wine to Jesus was out there just slamming on wine. Even though I might not see that in the scripture that says Jesus drank anything. I might not go as far as to see it was that wine or was it, or was it juice. I'm not going to go deep into the, I don't even want to know. I did, hey, 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 I found something to justify my compromise. I, I, I'll go back to 
after a lot of sin and a lot of confusion, I'm not going to think about the law of first mention where God said a husband and a wife. I'm going to find where, where somebody had multiple wives. See, because I'm looking to justify my, my, my rebellion. I'm not looking to understand. But I'm looking to understand, I'm going to look at what God first mentioned and what God's intent was. Not after sin, <laughs> when things got crazy. You see what I'm saying? So it's, 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 it's man's wisdom is dangerous. God's wisdom, you know what it does? Wisdom makes us fool, fool, F-O-O-L, proof. It makes us foolproof. If we can, if we can grasp wisdom, it makes us foolproof. Hey, I, I just wanted to, us to just read through this because it's so much. It, it is, there's, if you just looked up the scriptures on fool. It might be more scriptures on food than money. <laughs> right? It's, just, it's, it's, it's too I don't even have them all. It's just too many. It's just too many. But I was, just, I was studying out this fool. It says it denotes a wicked person, a twisted person. Wicked means twisted. It says a person of evil character is a fool. Evil, twisted, off character. Right? Shamelessly immoral. So it's not just a person, because people do have done immoral things, but they may have had a level of conviction or, or, or remorse or feel bad. But the fool don't have no shame. That means they're going to keep doing it. Right? Uh, when the Bible started breaking it down, it's, it's, it, it, it referenced different fools. One of them it referenced was uh, Nabal, Abigail's uh, husband. <laughs> he was trying to come at David, who was a warrior, and he could barely... <laughs> Handle even listening to his wife, <laughs> right? And and so, so when when uh when the when Abigail went to talk to David, she said, "Ho ho ho ho, oh, Dave, chill out, chill out, man. You got bigger fish to fry. You you shouldn't be spending your time wrestling with a son of uh as a uh, Belial. It's a pagan god represents a fool. <laughs> he said you should be messing your time with, with, with a son of a fool. Like well, like what he said." You got more important things to do. You got a kingdom to get to. You know, a fool is uh, arrogant, right? It means to be empty. <laughs> you know, when you hear people say, ain't nothing upstairs, nobody's home. <laughs> Lights on, but nobody's home, right? Right? Uh, thoughtless. A fool is thoughtless. Doing things without consideration of nothing else around them. Careless. Doing things without any care or concern. Conceited is all about that person, right? Self-sufficient, indifferent to God and his will. The person might even oppose or scoff at God's instruction. A fool is hasty, jumping into things without considering the results. See, why, why, why is a fool hasty? Because they don't want to wait. They think everything is predicated on their tolerance. So if, if, if they haven't arrived at purpose, person, or place, or possessions in their timing or at their tolerance, the fool thinks it's okay for them to be upset. So I was talking to a group of people, and we were just talking about growing in ministry and stuff like that. I said, man, I said, I, you know, I, sometimes I'd be forgetting. 
you know, I feel, I still feel young. I'm still getting around, you know, still running, you know, you know, I'm getting, get myself ready to hoop again, get some, you know, working on my little step backs, you know what I'm saying? So, but I, I don't care. I can do all that stuff. I'm still older than a lot of people. <laughs> you know, that's reality, right? And so I was talking and I was, and, and the person, the uh, person was just talking about what they're going through. I said, man, I'm like, I'm like 20 something, almost 30 years older than you. And so that means I've gone through a lot. And, and, and when I started uh, at this level, when me and Pastor Mel started this level of pastoring, that was, uh, this, we were about to have our 10th year anniversary, but we came out here 11 years ago. We was 48. We have been in the church for 18 years. Like, we, so we met at 30. And that that year we went, to the, we started going to the church at the end of that year. So we met in October. I was already going to the church in, in, in the summertime. We joined the church at the end of that year before, we, before we, we married. So 18 years we were there. And so everybody don't have to be at the church for 18 years and stuff like that. But like people ain't trying to be consistent for 18 months in our culture now. Consistent for 18 months. I'm not talking about being around for 18 months and mostly doing, I'm talking about just consistent, locked in, and people keep stopping to see if they're there yet. And when I look at lives, I'm like, man, like you, you, people are so young measuring themselves with people that's, uh, that's paid a price. Like, like, but see, only a fool does that. Wants the jewels without paying for them. Well, I don't understand why I don't have that 17 karat ring. And the, the, the jeweler sitting there go, because you didn't pay for it. That's why. <laughs> like, why are you mad? You know, you didn't pay for it. All right, so, so, so the Bible says uh, uh, Proverbs 1.7. Let's look at here, Proverbs 1.7. I want to get into revealing mysteries and stuff like that on, uh, in, God, in generational wisdom. There's generational wisdom. Hopefully, we'll have time for that the next time we teach. But I, but I wanted to, to, to park here, not to uh, condemn or to put anybody down. But if we don't recognize and are honest with ourselves that a lot of times we've been acting foolish, uh, we, we've, we've uh, transported uh, mishaps or, or parental put-downs or when we were in high school and and people forgot about us. We've transported that throughout our life so much uh, that we really operate foolish. And then you, you kind of, you place the, the onus on the level that you're at now, but you never spoke to those challenges when you were coming up. When you had that, when it was a right to speak to those challenges, you didn't say nothing. So you, you're making, it's just like the, the new husband gets the backlash that the, the, the ex-husband never got. Ain't do nothing, <laughs> right? And so, like, the, the, the new leaders get the backlash from stuff that, it's high school stuff. We're still in high school. That's not me putting people down. I'm saying, like, God's trying to get us to rise beyond foolishness. Um, Proverbs 1.7 says this, because, oh, this is good. What God has been doing, he's been feeding us wisdom. But it's not based on if, we, if it's comfortable for us. It's not even based on if we like it. It's not even based on if we understand everything right now. 
He's just been giving us wisdom. And he's saying, well, you came to my house, right? You committed to the kingdom and to the work in the kingdom, right? He's saying, so surely you want to embrace the wisdom. Here, like God's saying, God's like this. God's like, man, I'm glad when they come. Oh, uh oh. What is, what is this? Uh, uh, color purple? God's trying to tell me something. <laughs> right? So you come in the house, right? And God's like, oh, my. Oh, great. Hey, okay. Been waiting on you. Here's your instructions. Well, I'm, I'm good, man. I don't need all that. I'm straight. Straight, dog. What? No, 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 no. You don't understand. This, this, is, this, is, this has been customized and packaged for you for a long time. We just wait for you to show up. Listen, man, I, you know, see, see, here we go with legalism. Every time we all legal. Okay, wait. So, were you or not in darkness or not? I'm just, just help me out. It was, was dark out there. Yeah, it was a little dark, man. But it's like, you know, everybody dark, in darkness, you know. Okay, okay, all right. So we got that. So was it confusing and frustrating? Yeah, but ain't nobody perfect. Now, we're not talking about perfection. Was it confusing and frustrating? It was going to be confusing and frustrating. It was going to be dark. Uh, did you go through a lot of pain? Yeah, yeah, but everybody dealing with pain. You went through a lot of pain, confused and dark, frustrated. You came here out of darkness into the marvelous light. While you're here, I'm trying to give you what you were missing and why you were going through the pain, why you were going through the darkness, why it was frustrating, why it was confusing. Here, you don't want it? See, it's, it's, it's not a punishment. It's a benefit. And so uh, Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear or the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. As if it's something, it's like it's hurting them or it's an indictment. We're trying to say, I'm stupid. I'm not trying to say nothing. I'm trying to, I'm offering you what all of us need. At every level, we all need wisdom. None of us have arrived. I'm not talking me. That's what God is saying, right? See, a fool receives wisdom as an attack on their intellect as opposed to an investment in their understanding. So a fool receives wisdom as an attack on their intellect as opposed to an investment in their understanding. Every time a fool hears wisdom, well, what you trying to say? Everything is measured on high school or elementary school when you got Fs because your parents was being divorced or because you wasn't focused or because the teacher really didn't like teaching in that class. Whatever the case may be, you're young. Your whole life is not predicated on that moment in high school or when people didn't like you or people talked about you or you, you, you're so busy rushing outside you didn't brush your teeth so you was, people were talking about you had bad breath for the longest till you realized, didn't realize, maybe I should like before I leave the house brush my teeth. That's a true story. That was me. I'd be running out of the house. I ain't, it wasn't important until, <laughs> until somebody cracked on me. I was like, uh-oh. I said, maybe I should be running out the house. I, I think I'm going to take a little extra time. So she'll tell you I brush my teeth <laughs> religiously, right? right? But our whole life is not predicated on that. Yeah, yeah uh, keep with the glasses, keep with the glasses. Man, my whole, I'm wearing glasses. Like, I'm not walking around going, somebody going to call me Keith with the glasses. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like, 
We're all designed to be wise and smart. God's given us wisdom not to, to, what's wrong with you? You didn't know that already? He's given you wisdom because he's investing in your understanding because he knows what you see, you're unstoppable. See, a, a fool will pick apart the truth to justify their compromise. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about this? The whole time, they're defending compromise, not trying to discover freedom. <laughs> that's, that, that's what the Bible is, is, is denoting as a fool. A fool is a blind man, but walks as if he sees clearly. A fool is a blind man, but walks as if he sees clearly what others don't. He is correct. He sees what others doesn't in a dark world. <laughs> he sees a skewed version. See, fools don't have an ear or a heart to recognize when they encounter wisdom. So they fight against it. They dismiss it. They ignore it. They don't apply it. As if it was, they think it's optional. I repeat, a fools, don't, fools don't have an heart to recognize when they encounter wisdom. Wisdom walking right up in their face. The solution for them to be fulfilled for the rest of their life. And they'll fight against it. They'll despise it. Because they've, re they've reduced it down to, I should have knew this already. That's why wisdom came to you. So you would know it. Just take the next best step from there now that you had a wisdom. Right? See, the Bible says this in Proverbs, it might be Psalm 14.1. I think it's Psalm 14.1. It says, look, the fool has said in their heart, there is no God. No, no. It didn't say the fool has said on the outside. There are plenty of people talk about the God that don't believe there's a God. How do you know that, Pastor Keith? By their actions. <laughs> your, your, your corresponding actions. It's just like telling somebody you love them, but your corresponding actions don't show that. People have hustled me before, played me. I've been played plenty of times. How I go forward is I'm always, working to, I'm always available to reconcile. I forgive them, but I'm not going to pursue somebody just abusing me. So how do I, how do I know if they, if they come out of it? Corresponding actions. A hustler, a manipulator don't operate in brokenness. They may talk remorse, but they're not remorseful. They may talk like, you know, man, I don't know what I was doing, but, but they will never allow themselves to be broken. So the same pride that won't allow them to be broken is the same pride that'll keep them manipulating and hustling. And the trip is a fool actually thinks you believe everything they say because you're not calling them out on it. They don't think you have the patience to allow them to discover the truth. They think you, you got to sit and prove you know that they're hustling you. That's how fools operate. Let's look here at Proverbs 18. The tough part thing about a fool, a fool is very ignorant to a wise man, wise woman. Be standing right in front of their face and they can't see because they're not used to how a wise person operates. They think being wise is always proving that you're the smartest person in the room. No, no. Wise is slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to rap. 
right? Wise is knowing when to speak. The Bible says a fool utters all his mind. <laughs> Everything they thinking comes out. Constantly uh, uh, reflexing and proving himself, Proverbs 29 two. That's not what Keith Bradley has said. The Bible says a fool utters all their mind, right? No restraint at all. Look at, look at this. Well, I'm going to read verse 1, even though we're going to focus on verse 2. It says, through desire, a man having separated himself, that's a sanctified word, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. So a person, that, that's why I said uh, wisdom comes from sanctification. A person that set themselves apart is trying to embrace wisdom. Look at this, verse 2. A fool has no delight in understanding in wisdom, but that his heart may discover itself. So the fool is constantly trying to communicate what, he's, what he knows, what he's known, and all he's ever known. He's not trying to open himself up for what he doesn't know, right? Trying to prove what he knows as opposed to finding out what he doesn't know. And what doesn't a fool know? The wisdom from there. <laughs> the wisdom from there. Uh, I read this from John Maxwell. This is not nothing the Lord gave me, gave it to John Maxwell. If you don't know what you don't know, you don't grow. If you don't know what you don't know, you don't grow. I'm going to say it again. If you, so, so if I don't know what I don't know, so I'm not aware of what I don't know. But I don't know some stuff. I'm walking around as if I do know it. And so if I'm walking around with an with a, with a ignorance of what I don't know, I don't grow. Because what stopped me from growing? What I don't know. So I got to find out what I don't know to grow. That's why you always hear, you hear me say for years, every day I wake up, I'm trying to find out what I don't know, not trying to prove what I do. I already know what I know. That's got me to this point. I want to go way beyond where I'm at, right? And to go way beyond where I'm at, I got to find out what I don't know. Not spending all my time making sure everybody knows what I know. That's wonderful. That's got me to this place. I'm trying to get beyond here. So there's something that I don't know. And every day I find out something else that I don't know. Some things that were right in front of my face that I never realized. Right in front of my face the whole time. Some things that I can't believe I processed it that way. It was just that simple the whole time. There's things I do on a computer now that was so simple. And it was there the whole time. <laughs> I was doing it the hard way. It was there the whole time. Right? So it's always something for us to discover, right? Scripture says, in, uh, when it says people have got caught up in the uh, men with men and women with women, it says that they didn't retain God in their knowledge. It said God turned them over to a re reprobate mind. Right? Before all this, it said this. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Proverbs, I mean, uh, Romans 1, 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That's why the Bible says, let another man praise thee, not with thine own mouth, not with thine own lips. Proverbs 27, 2. You know, Proverbs is the wisdom book, right? <laughs> Look, professing themselves to be wise. So, 
Sometimes they profess themselves to be wise with their mouths. Sometimes they profess themselves to be wiser than everybody else with their actions because you can't tell them nothing. Like they actually think, oh, I, I, have, a, I have a justification to fight. And they fight to justify compromise. That's a fool. The scripture says in Romans 1.28, it says, furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, wisdom, he gave them over to depraved minds to do, to do what ought not to be done. They lost sight of boundaries. And they stumbled all over themselves, is what the scripture says. The scripture says the natural man cannot to, uh, receive the things of God, uh, the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. So when we, when we train ourselves and feed our natural man, we have to understand we're, we're risking the natural man rejecting God's knowledge because it's going to be foolish to the natural man. I, I had thousands, of, uh, Pastor Mel, I'm sure some of you guys have had thousands of conversations where you're talking to somebody like, and she'll tell you, I've said this like, before I answer, before I say the next thing, I'm saying, are you serious? Like I say, are you serious? Because it seems so far-fetched from God's wisdom. I was like, maybe they joke it. They can't be serious. And, and, and ask my wife, because I'm growing up every day, and I'm growing up more and more. I said, sweetheart, I told her this driving here. I said, you know what? What I'm learning is I've already slowed down to listen. I said, I need to slow down even more. I said, because I'm recognizing that, that, I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt that I'm saying it's respectful, haven't earned the benefit. Like she'll tell you, I always think the best. Like matter of fact, when she met me, she says, she says, boy, you're always looking to understand. Like I, I've always lived my life where I'm, I, I want to understand. I'm always seeking to understand. I'm going to find a diamond in the rough. But what I've been telling her lately is I said, man, I got to step back even more. I said, because... I'm giving too much benefit of the doubt. I'm saying it's respectful. Like, I'm going to have to recognize I'm talking to some fools. See, see, again, if, if we're immature, we'll take that sensitive. But if we don't have the wisdom of God, we all, listen, I thought I wasn't going to, I'm not going to sing it, but I wasn't going to reference it, but I guess, you know, uh, it, it, it speaks to this point. It was the main ingredient. Everybody plays the fool sometimes. No exception to the rule. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to do it. It used to be my, one of my groups. I just, <laughs> uh, but, but the interesting thing is, I guess it's like when the scripture says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, we could say all have been a fool and fall short of the wisdom of God. But you don't have to stay a fool. And the thing is, if, I, if, if we're going to help people, I mean, I'm not going to go around and go, you fool. But I have to recognize if I'm dealing with someone that's foolish. And, and, and God has been challenging me because he's like, he, you don't want to see nobody as, as foolish. You want to see everybody as, well, you know, they meant well, this, that, and the other. Some people just flat out been ignoring God in their it conceited, uh, self-centered, listening to God and doing the opposite. They've been fooled. And so, as a, as a man of God, I, I have to help, I have to offer them wisdom. I'm still not going to pass a condemnation on them, 
but I'm trying to offer wisdom. Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 3.19, it says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He that he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. These are people that think they're wise. They have their own craftiness. So this is the thing. To receive the things of God, there has to be an infiltration of our own understanding with the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God has to infiltrate our own understanding. So we have to open ourselves up to that. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves stuck in this, this amazing package called foolishness. And then we'll fight, we'll lie, we'll deceive. You ever uh, uh, lived at a place in your life where you lied? Uh, Okay, I'll just use me. I lived at a certain place in my life with a lie. And, and so after a while, when you get busy, you can't keep up with all the lies. And then after a while, you reflex lie. So, you know, like, like you know how uh, these days if somebody says black, you know, I know we got sensitivities here. I'm not going to get all deep into it. But if you say black, people reflex. Anything got anything to do with black, they reflex, you know. All right, well... If somebody was about to expose you for doing something you were supposed to do back in the day, I reflex lie. Like, I didn't even really <laughs> think. I just, bam, I just, you know. So, when I told you, just quick with it, when I pledged, I, I went into pledging knowing I was going to lie. I was like, dang, kicking my behind all the time. I'm already going to get it. So, I... If, if we got caught, I was the first person to speak. Y'all remember that? I'd be like, hey, excuse me, big brother. We did this. I was just, bam, I just come up with, uh, I was lying, flat out lying. And I remember when God kind of exposed my lying behind. <laughs> and I just said, and, and this is what happened. I was talking to somebody one day, and I said, why am I lying to this person? And I realized from when I was a kid, I got in trouble for lying, and then the first time somebody said, if you tell the truth, they, they're, they're no longer living now. I'm not putting them down, but it's true. If you, if you tell the truth, you won't get a spanking. I told the truth and got beat with a hanger. So I was like, well, okay, well, there, there's no benefit. Because <laughs> if I didn't tell the truth, maybe I wouldn't have got, got beat. So then I mastered how to lie and hold on it for, to it for years. And so when I got older, I was lying because it was my default. I had trained myself to, to lie. And I, that day, because I'm getting closer to God, I visited chapel from time to time at college. Uh, this is around college. I said, why am I lying to people? I said, it's not like I'm going to get a spanking. I said, so I'm just start telling people the truth. And oh my God, a whole world opened up because I was telling people the truth and they didn't believe me. They, I was telling them the truth. If I did something, if it was if I was uh, out dancing with some other girl and I was supposed to be with another guy, I would tell her, oh, yeah, I was out with such and such. Oh, you play too much. Okay, you think I'm playing, but I'm telling the truth. I've been telling the truth since college. A lot of people don't believe it. I would tell the, I'd tell the fellas, uh, what, you, what you about to do tonight, man? I'm about to go, go study, get in these books, this, that, and the other, but I would present it a certain way. I mean, you're always playing around, man. You ain't, but that's actually what I was going to do, even though that seemed the weak. So, we, so, so let's embrace the truth. Let's lock in the wisdom. Let's uh, strip off the fool clothes and really start to, to, to become wise. Let's find out what we don't know. All right? Uh, that's all for today. Uh,